Good morning. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Sarah. This is Micah, and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church. We are just excited to be here with you virtually today. We're also meeting in person, and you are definitely invited to join us in person. Whenever you're ready, we just want you to know that we're meeting at 10 a.m. every Sunday. Absolutely. Hey, friends, we hope that you're having a blessed week. Uh, it's exciting to see sun and warmth uh, coming, seasons changing. Hope you've had a chance to get outdoors and enjoy some things we did. In fact, this last week, we took a few days away celebrating Sarah's birthday, and we hiked to a waterfall. We uh, ate good food. What an awesome trip. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for keeping the kids. Uh, so a ton of fun. We really enjoyed that trip. But one day we decided to have an adventure. And so we rented vehicles. Sarah used electric bikes and electric scooters and that sort of thing. And I rented a vehicle that I just became aware of. It's called a one wheel. Is that really considered a vehicle? Can you call it a vehicle? No, that's probably the wrong word for it. <laughs> Let me describe it just a little bit. So you stand on it like a skateboard and in the middle of your feet is a 10 inch wheel and one single wheel, hence the name one wheel. Get it? That's get why it. they call it that it. one wheel. Uh, and what's fascinating about this one wheel, it was a ton of fun. I highly recommend them. Um, what's fascinating about them is the brains of this whole operation, while well, I'm a, one, on a one wheel, is not me. It is this one wheel, right? The three gyroscopes and the three accelerometers and whatever programming enables this thing to stay up and, and interpret my input as well. Absolutely loved it. But one of the weird things about this device is... I, I'm only partially in control, right? Uh, I guess ultimately I'm telling it where to go, but there is an excitement in the sense of I'm not really fully in control of this thing. And today we're going to talk in spiritual terms as we continue our series about control and where it should reside. So we've been talking about the mission of God, and God is a God on mission to redeem, restore, and reconcile creation to himself. And so we've looked at an overview of the biblical narrative of God on mission. And then last week, we talked about the identity of the church. And we defined the church as the people of God participating in God's mission. In fact, the Vine Church, our vision statement, and you can find it on our website, is, is this, and it comes out of the mission of God. Our vision statement is we are a community of Jesus followers participating in God's good work in our neighborhoods and throughout the world. And so today, after we've gone through um, this, this biblical narrative of the mission of God, we've talked about the church. Today, what we're going to ask is this question. So as the church, now what do we do? Yeah, as the primary agents now in the mission of God, what do we do? And here's the interesting thing. The first day of talking about what we do, and in future weeks, we'll get into more details of the actual action and activity of the church. But the first thing that we do as a church is kind of a non-do. More of a be? It, it takes intentional effort, <laughs> yeah. But there's some question. Is this our identity or is this an action item? That's cryptic enough. Let's get more specific. <laughs> the first and primary work of the church is to abide in and surrender to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. 
as opposed to leading out of our own strength, as opposed to going where we feel like we need to go in this moment, the first and primary work of the church is to abide in and surrender to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And let me just say, this might be the hardest thing that we have to do consistently. Like it will take intentional effort that we would that we would be able to abide in and surrender to Jesus and the Spirit. And it's a continual thing. It's mm-hmm. not something right. that we do once and check off. So today we're going to look at um, a passage in John 15, and this is very near and dear to our hearts, um, as many of you know, because the Vine Church was named uh, from this passage. And so we're going to read the words of Jesus in John uh, 15, starting in verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Early in our decision-making process, uh, discerning process uh, uh, concerning church planting, this verse weighed heavily on our hearts Mm -hmm. and in a remarkable way. There's both promise and challenge in this passage. Jesus says, you must abide and remain in me. And if you do, this will be fruitful, and outside of me, nothing can be accomplished. That is, in the kingdom of God, in the mission of God, mm-hmm. nothing can be accomplished. So this idea, will we, the translation we're reading says remain in Jesus. Others say abide in Jesus is how it's translated here. Will we abide in Jesus? Now, this is maybe a little bit cryptic, or what exactly does understand. it mean? Yeah, yeah. What, what does it mean? What does it practically look like to abide in Jesus? Well, the first thing that really stands out to me in this text is um, that as Jesus as the vine and we as the branches on the vine, uh, our life source is found in Jesus. And I'm curious, as we continue to explore today and in weeks to come and in conversation, what does it look like to receive our life from Jesus? What does it look like that all of our being, all of our energy, all of our hope and direction would flow from Jesus into the church? As I think about that, I think that one of the primary ways that we abide in Jesus or that we remain in Jesus is by yielding control over to God, by surrendering to God. Now, I don't know when we use the word surrender, what images come to mind? Maybe it's the, the white flag, putting up the white flag in, in a war, and it means that you've lost, that you're being forced to give up your power or give up your authority or something. And, and that image is hard for us because we don't want to give up control. We don't want to lose. I want to propose today, we want to propose that um, this idea of surrender has a different uh, image, a different connotation to it. Have you ever found something so good that you just wanted to completely 
surrender to it or completely give yourself to it. I'm thinking of like a one wheel. Oh, oh gosh. It happened. I'm so hooked. Like I have to go down this direction. Um, I'm thinking of a a sillier example. I don't know. That's pretty silly. But like in the movies, you see actors or actresses like eating, taking a bite of food and they just have to close their eyes and savor the deliciousness of that food. I think this is more the the connotation of this surrender is that Jesus remaining in Jesus is so good mm-hmm. that we want to surrender. We are invited to surrender and we wholeheartedly want that. So in Philippians 3, 7, Paul describes the surrender in these terms. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, uh, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. So you see Paul saying everything that I had before, I mean, it doesn't even compare Knowing Jesus, being found in him, remaining in him, abiding in him is worth more than all the other things and all the, the fame or the power, the control. Knowing Jesus is worth more than all of it. You know, as we identified in the beginning, I think this is a hard reality to live into. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so attached to uh, our bank account. Well, our, you know, our 501c3, uh, the car that we have or the house that we live in or the apartment that we live in, we, we place so much hope mm-hmm. in those things. And yet in this passage and the challenge for us as the church, if we want to be participants in the mission of God, is that we begin to surrender those things as the source of our hope and instead to find hope in Jesus. All of those are meaningless in, in comparison to our relationship with Jesus. There's a book called The Invitation to the Journey, A Roadmap for Spiritual Formation, and it's by Robert Mulholland. And it's one of my, my just life-changing books that I've read. And he has um, this description of our spiritual journey in there that I want to read for you. This is what he writes. This means that our spiritual journey is not our setting out by gathering information and applying it correctly to find God as an object out there to be grasped or controlled by us. Rather, it's a journey of learning to yield ourselves to God and discovering where God will take us. And I just love this image of the spiritual, our spiritual walk, our faith. It's a journey of learning to yield ourselves to God, to yield um, control over to God, to surrender. And then what, what do we, what happens when we do that? We go on this adventure with God. We're discovering where God wants to lead us. Mm, That's beautiful. Romans chapter 12, Paul describes this. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So he says to offer ourselves up as living sacrifices. And he describes this as our 
act of worship. How we worship God is by giving ourselves over to God and we surrender. We're able to do this. We're able to surrender and we want to surrender because he says in view of God's mercy, because God is merciful, because God is loving. This is a, a wonderful thing to do. We don't su- we don't sacrifice ourselves or submit to um, or surrender to a tyrant, but to a God of mercy and of love. We surrender to him. And it says here in Romans chapter 12, in that posture of surrender comes transformation. The Spirit begins the work of transformation in our lives, which the end of this uh, passage we read enables us to perceive, to discern the will of God. So we go here today because as we talk about we, the, the church, are invited into the mission of God to participate in that. It's pretty hard to participate with God if we don't know where to go or what to do. And there's a beautiful promise in Romans 12 that I probably missed a lot of the time. focused on other sections of this passage. It says, in this posture of, submit, of submission, we will find transformation that we would be able to discern God's will. So we're invited to abide in Jesus, to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And and I want to ask, but again, the question, why would we do that? Why would we want to do that? And and I want us to go back to John 15, um, a little bit further on in the passage, uh, verses 9 through 11. This is what Jesus says. And, and I think this will help answer for us. Why would we want to abide in Jesus and surrender. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So Jesus says, I love you. I love you and I'm inviting you to remain in my love. And Jesus says, by remaining in my love, my joy will be in you and your joy won't be, your joy will be complete. So again, we don't surrender to God because we're being forced to. But rather, friends, we get to surrender to a God who desires a relationship with us, a God who loves us, a God who wants to walk with us. And when we do, there is great, great love and great joy. So in John 15 and Romans 12, we find this. Let's talk the results. Like we surrender to God so that we will experience transformation and be able to discern God's will. Mm -hmm. So we surrender to experience transformation and discern God's will. And in John 15, we abide in Jesus that we could bear good fruit, Mm -hmm. that that we could receive and participate in distributing the blessings of God in this world. We surrender to discern God's will and we abide that we can bear good fruit in this world. And we, we can't turn that into a formula. It would maybe be no. easy to, but there is a real richness in this idea. I will choose to, we will choose to, as a people, surrender to experience transformation and to know God's will and to participate in his good work, abiding in him and experiencing good fruit born in our lives. Absolutely. So, so where do we start? 
yeah. how, how, what's our starting point? Where do we go from here? And we want to invite you to invite all of us to the spiritual practice of prayer. And we, all of us, we probably have different experiences with prayer. And when I, when, when I say prayer, it probably conjures up different images. Um, I want to offer us um, Haley, uh, Ruth Haley Barton's definition of prayer. And this is how she defines prayer. She says, prayer is all the ways we communicate and commune with God. All the ways we communicate with God, the ways that we talk to God, the way that ways we have conversation and also all the ways that we commune with God and communing with God is simply being with God, spending time with God in relationship. And it may or may not involve words. See, prayer is primarily relational. It's primarily relational. So often, um, many of us think of prayer as transactional or or functional. I know I did for, for a long time where we reduce prayer down to, um, this is what I need from God. So here's what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do so that God will give me this, this, and this. And so we think of it as a transaction with God. And yet that's, that's a very small, that's not what prayer is. It's a very small piece of it. Prayer is about opening ourselves up to God and yielding to God, trusting and surrendering to him. It's part of how we abide in Jesus. And yes, we'll make requests, um, but it's in the context of relationship and trust. It's not the sole purpose of, of prayer. I know for me in my spiritual walk, for many years, prayer felt like, felt like hard work. <laughs> it felt like I had to really work hard to say just the right thing and, and to make sure that it was meaningful, to make sure I was doing it right. And it, it was a form of striving for me. And it wasn't until recent years where I was introduced to this idea that, that prayer is about opening ourselves up and about surrender. And so then prayer becomes this place where we can actually exhale and we can actually breathe and surrender and rest and trust in God. It's a beautiful way of, of abiding in Jesus. So in pursuit of the mission of God, in pursuit of participating in God's good work in this world, uh, we've identified surrendering and abiding in Jesus. And the practical take home, the challenge that we're laying out this week is, will you engage in prayer to both abide in and surrender to God? So this takes on two natures, both individual and corporate. So mm -hmm. on the individual level, um, I, I met with a friend this week who's experiencing a lot of fear and anxiety. And so we spent some time together, um, I taught him about breath prayers. And some of you might be familiar with this. Uh, it's one of many ways to pray, and breath prayers take on many forms. So let me describe just a simple mm -hmm. explanation of what it might look like this week um, to, uh, to experience this. So a breath prayer is, uh, first we name God, and that could be God or Father or Spirit or Creator, whatever you whatever word or name for God um, has significant meaning in your life, um, choose a name of God. And then secondly, a brief phrase. So just for an example, uh, we'll say, give me peace or grant me peace. So then the breath prayer will involve on the inhale, the name of God, on the exhale, the simple expression of, in this case, give me peace. So God, give me peace. 
And I'd encourage you this week, if you go ahead and write your own breath prayer, choose your own language for it, um, to spend one to five minutes just in a still place, breathing deeply, breathing in God's presence and breathing out our prayer to him. What I like about this prayer is it takes it a little bit out of the realm of this transactional engagement and a little more into the just being in God's presence, surrendering in his presence. So on an individual level, uh, give that a try. I hope you find some blessing in that. On a corporate level, here's or, or on a church level, here's what we'd encourage you to be praying about this week. Praying first for an outpouring of the Spirit, that we would know God's presence and in his presence in our lives, in our community, that we would find guidance. An outpouring of the Spirit that he might lead us in next steps. Amen to that. So as we remain in Jesus, as we abide in Jesus, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us. I want to go uh, to Galatians 5, starting in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control so we're talking today about surrendering about giving up some some things that are dear to us not allowing those to be priority in our lives but as we give things up we don't find ourselves empty or void instead we find ourselves filled with the fruit of the spirit and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness gentleness self-control these are the things that god is desiring to fill you with as you surrender, as you abide in him in the week to come. So we're invited to remain in Jesus, to surrender and to yield to the spirit and then to receive from God the, the things that God is creating in us, the fruits mm -hmm. of the spirit and, and to join him on mission. So let's pray about that. Dear God, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you for your invitation to remain in you, your invitation to abide, to, to know you and to surrender, to find rest in you. And Lord, today our, our plea is that you would teach us how to surrender, teach us how to yield control over to you, that your love may, may transform us, and that we, the church, would be able to embody your love in our neighborhoods and in our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us. We feel blessed to have been with you today. Pray that you have a great week and can't wait to see you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.